In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, back at Pentecost Sunday, God gave me a word that I share with you, and it was entitled, Wait on the Wind. Wait on the Wind. And as I was preparing over the last few weeks, coming out of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and what an amazing time it was. Anybody here on Wednesday night? Amazing, amazing night. Our good friend, Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, was here, but you came out. But more than that, the Holy Spirit was here. And some of you didn't get in the room. We had people sitting in the lobby. We had chairs out everywhere. And God was so gracious to visit us in this 21 days. And I began to pray. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, not just in my prayer time, but through some voices that came along and said, Pastor, the wind is not on the way. The wind is here. The wind is not on the way, the wind is here. In Acts chapter 1, we find that Jesus has told his disciples to wait. There is coming an outpouring of his spirit that is going to release an army of believers. And they are not going to remain locked in a room, but they are going to be dispersed throughout the earth. And we find that God raises up an army and releases a group of people that literally change a world. And we find ourselves thousands of years later worshiping in Tampa, Florida, connected to that upper room experience. We are spirit-filled believers. That doesn't mean that we have a corner on the market. We just believe that today we are empowered with the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean that we're any better than any other church. We just believe that the fullness of God's Spirit that resides in us empowers us for everyday living. Somebody asked, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And I heard a pastor respond, I need him to go to the mall. How many know we live in a crazy world? You need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And in Acts chapter 1 and 8, Jesus is telling them, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He tells them when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they are going to be witnesses. What is a witness? It's not just someone that knocks on doors to tell people about a certain church. It's those that live a life of testimony. Those that live a life of testimony. When your life is now a testimony of what God has done in you. Each of the disciples were testimonies. We can go through the litany of um, weaknesses in their life. We can go through all of the issues that they possess. The Bible tells us about those issues, but they became testimonies of the kingdom. He said, you are going to be my witness. Your life is going to be a testimony in Jerusalem where you're at, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria, and then around the world. And he tells them to wait on the power. And in Acts chapter 2, we find that this group that is waiting with faith, Because this same group had just been locked in a room in John chapter 20, bound by fear. But now they are waiting in faith. And the Bible said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Now, that one accord does not mean they all arrived in a Honda. That's a bad joke. means they were all in one spirit. There was a spirit of unity and oneness in the room. They're in one accord in one place. I'm telling you, you get people in the right place at the right time in the right spirit, anything can happen. I'm going to say that again. You get the right people at the right place at the right time with the right spirit, 
anything can happen. They were all in one place with one spirit. And the Bible said, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. The suddenly of God will always take you beyond what you have known. The suddenly of God will always penetrate the now and propel you into a prophetic future. The suddenly of God will always cause you to look with greater perspective of what God is doing in your life. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Anybody ready for the wind in your life? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I love that. That's why corporate worship is so important. That's why you coming together with other believers is so important. There is something about a corporate experience. There is something about your voice and my voice being united. Even though I can't sing real well, your voice makes my voice sound better. But there is something that happens when we as believers come together with many voices and many hands raised. There is something that happens when we come in a unity of faith. The Bible said it filled the whole house. But it was more than a corporate anointing. For the Bible says, and cloven tongues as a fire begin to sit on each of them. There was a corporate outpouring, but there was a personal experience. And I pray that you don't leave with just the corporate experience today, but you leave with an intentional move of God in your life where you knew God had a word for you you today and you knew God has an assignment in your life and you know when you leave here that there is something that God has placed you in Tampa Florida at this time in this season you're not just here you're not just marking time but you have an assignment of the kingdom for now anybody believe that God has an assignment on your life come on put your hands together if you believe that now watch this We talked about waiting on the wind back at Pentecost Sunday. What was that? The Holy Spirit's depicted by many things in the Word of God. It's depicted as rain and water, used as illustrations of His Spirit. We find that it's it's, it's likened unto a river that flows into crevices and dry places. We find that the Holy Spirit is, is symbolized in oil. We find that it's also depicted as wine, new wine for a new covenant. We find that it is symbolized in fire. Anybody want the fire of the Holy Spirit to work in your life? But we find from the very beginning of the book, throughout the New Testament, that the most common thing that we see the Holy Spirit depicted at is wind. The breath of God. We find that it's in Genesis chapter 1 where God breathed on a lump of clay. And he brooded over the face of the earth. And the Bible said he picks up dirt. There is something about him breathing on your dirt. I'm going to say that again. There is something about him breathing on your dirt. Any dirty places in your life, you would capture the breath of God. Because the more he breathes on your dirt, the more he sees his likeness in your dirt. The Bible said the longer he worked with the dirt, the more he saw his likeness in the dirt. And before long, his breath caught the dirt and the dirt became a living creature. And then the Bible said in Exodus that he breathed on the waters and the waters were parted and they walked across the Red Sea. We find in Ezekiel chapter 37 that he breathes on some dry dead bones and the bones come together and the bones begin to live. We find in John chapter 20 there's a weak group of disciples. They were broken. They were lost and the Bible said they were bound with fear and Jesus walks through the wall. Now if Jesus walked through the wall today we would have revival. If Jesus walked through the wall we'd have every news media outlet we could find here. 
We'd have all the Christian stations if Jesus walked, literally walked through the physical wall. But aren't you glad he'll walk through obstacles in your life and in your world to get to you? Aren't you glad that he will walk through the impasse of your life? Places no one else is willing to go. I love the story of Lazarus. And the Bible said Jesus shows up late for the funeral. Lazarus is now dead. He's sick, but now he's died and he's in the grave four days. Gets to the funeral, it's ending. People are still crying and mourning. The family's still sad. And Jesus said, tell me where you've laid him. What are you talking about? He stinks by now. He's been in there so long. That's what the Bible says. I'm not being insensitive to the dead gentleman. The family said that surely he stinks by now. Jesus says, show me where you've laid him. Aren't you glad he'll step right in the midst of the stink of your life? The dead places... And the minute he opens his mouth, the breath comes with him. And the Bible said, he looked at him and said, move the stone. And they moved the stone. Jesus steps right into the stench and begins to speak the name of Lazarus. And when his declaration went forth, the breath of who he was it entered into that tomb. And all of a sudden, Lazarus came out. We find that that breath of God that was brooding in Genesis, that was moving with them as they walked in the cool of the day with his spirit, we find that it moved throughout the Old Testament. It was weaving its way into a New Testament and when Jesus arrived it was with him and he finally looks at his disciples and says I'm getting ready to leave you but I'm not going to leave you as orphans I'm going to breathe on you but wait on the wind because without the wind you will never do what I've assigned you to do wait on the wind because it will empower you I love in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, the Bible said, David, he was at a place of battle. And once again, the Bible said, the Philistines had threatened his kingdom and they had threatened his destiny. And once again, he was with the Philistines at war. And God says, but we're not going to fight the way you fought in the past. There are some of you, if you fight the way you did in 2017, you will live defeated. If you try to battle the way you did in the last season, you will be defeated. But God says, I'm going to re position you and you're going to fight in a different manner. You're not going to fight in conventional warfare because conventional warfare of the day was you just hit the enemy head on. But God said, no, I'm going to take you around here to the side and I'm going to reposition you. And that's what God has done for some of you in this last 21 days. He has repositioned you. He has shifted you. He has maneuvered you into a new season. And God says, I'm going to reposition you, but do not move until you hear the rippling of the wind in the top of the mulberry tree. It's not going to be beneath you in the grass. It's not going to be on your face, but it is a wind from another dimension. And when you feel the wind from another dimension and you hear the wind from another dimension, I want you to begin to go and advance and defeat the Philistine army because you will know that I am with you and I have went before you. There are some of you, God said, the wind is blowing. It's time to move. The wind is blowing. It's time to advance. The wind is here. It's time to get up and walk in the fullness of your assignment. These disciples that were weak and broken, all types of issues. This is what happens. The Bible said they are now locked in this room. They have one purpose. They're waiting with the words of Jesus. And this is what the Holy Spirit does in your life. He takes the words of the Father 
And he galvanizes them into your life. So they become a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He takes this book right here and he breathes on it fresh. So the words that were spoken years ago and thousands of years back, they come alive today in you. So David is not just defeating a giant. He is a symbol of what is standing on your hillside. We find that the lions that are circling Daniel are not just lions that circled a man of God years ago, but they are the things circling your life today. We find that the empty nets of Peter, when he tried to retreat and go backwards in his journey, but the nets were empty, he lets us know that the familiar places that aren't fruitful any longer, they are part of the assignment and the journey in our life because the places we used to have identity are no longer our home. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And when you realize he breathes on the word of God, the word of God was this for their life, wait on the promise. And when God began to release his breath in the earth, the same breath that was in Genesis, the same breath that brought them through a Red Sea, the same breath that caused dead bones to begin to live, it is about to empower a weak, anemic group of men, men that denied they even knew Jesus, men that doubted that he was even the Messiah, men that were so insecure they had to be right next to him, or they were powerless in their journey. But all of a sudden, God began to breathe. The same breath that was released, in Genesis was captivating the earth once again. The same dominion that was released in the garden was about to be established once again. The same breath that had breathed on the people of God so many times, this weak group that was waiting. See, you can you can be weak, but if you're postured in worship and you're waiting in the word of God in due season, he will release a breath on your life. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything in alignment. All you've got to do is align with the word of God. What he speaks over your life and say, God, breathe on the word of my life. I believe even though I feel like I'm the tail, I am the head. Even though I feel like I'm the last, I believe I am the first. Father, I believe that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out, but I can't see blessing anywhere in my life, but I believe you're about to breathe and establish the word. of Anybody ready for a fresh breath of the kingdom in your life. Anybody ready for God to open up the windows of heaven and breathe once again on your life? Come on, open your mouth right where you're at and say, breathe on me. Breathe on me. This group of disciples that were weak Here was the word for their life. Once you are empowered, you're not only going to be a disciple, you're going to make disciples. You're going to replicate who you are in the earth. What I've done in you, you're going to do in others. The testimony of who you are. The broken places. The places where you've triumphed. And the places where you've been defeated. The times you've walked on water and the, mo- um, and the moments you've sank from getting your eyes off me. All of those things are going to be used. Nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom. Nothing is ever wasted in your journey. I take the good, the bad, the ugly, and I work it together. And now these men, these women, these people that are waiting and postured, and all they have is a word. Outside the walls of the room 
it's chaos. Outside the walls of the room, it's chaotic. Outside the walls of this small gathering, there's things happening that are beyond their control. But all they had was a word. And sometimes all you have is what God has declared. But he didn't just give them the word in Acts or at the end of the Gospels. He spoke it long before in the first chapters of Genesis when man and God was separated and we were separated from the breath of God. And God said, there's one on the way. Get ready. It may be a while, but there is a wind that is going to be released that is going to reconcile us. There is a wind that is going to bring us back together. And my original intention for your life is going to be reestablished. So wait, that word was not just given to a few disciples. It was spoken not only to the people of God that were broken in a garden. It was put the enemy on notice that there was a wind on the way and the Bible said they were waiting and they were waiting. Sometimes in the waiting room of life, you don't know what to do. All you've got to do is rest in the word of God. It it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. Yeah, but Jesus said, I don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, but Jesus said, I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah, but Jesus said, if we would wait, the power would be released. And all of a sudden, we find that the windows of heaven begin to open and things begin to shift in the atmosphere and a suddenly begin to invade the earth and weak anemic disciple a man named Peter that could do nothing right or say nothing right every time he opened his mouth he inserted his foot and he said the wrong thing but now the Holy Spirit is breathing on him and the one that could say nothing right he would be the mouthpiece of Pentecost and he would preach the first message of a New Testament church what can God do with your life the things you see no value in, the things that you find no value in, the things that when you look in the mirror, all you see is the broken places of yesterday. God says, I am breathing once again. You may look around you and not see the breath of God, but it's hitting the house. You may not sense the breath of God, but I hear the sound of an abundance being released from the heaven and for those that hear and begin to move. But see, the wind was not to stay contained in a room. The wind was not so that they could stay living in a box. The wind was not so that they could sit in a chair and say boy did we not have another great servant he said no when the wind hits you've got to go and I've got a word for somebody God is breathing but you can't stay here and keep it captivated on Sunday you need the wind on Monday and you need the wind on Tuesday and you need the wind on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday you need it to raise your family the right way you need it to invade the marketplace you need it to invade that assignment that God has given your life and those are marking moments in you when God shifts the atmosphere of your life and he invades you with a suddenly that changes everything and takes you beyond what you've known come on jump to your feet this morning I'll put your hands together and honor his presence it is in this room And God, sometimes in these moments that are suddenly moments of our life, he does bizarre things. He does bizarre things. And they seem bizarre to us, but they're all part of the fabric of his plan. Fishermen are going to change a world. People that no one likes are going to be agents of change. If nobody likes them, how are they going to change the world? The breath of God.
the dirty places once God breathes. I, I thought it was amazing. He could have used anything. But I thought it was amazing that in the very first chapters of your Bible, the thing he picks to breathe upon is clay and dirt. Let me show you what I can do with the dirt of life when I breathe on it. Just reach over and pinch your neighbor. Say, there's treasure in your dirt. There's treasure in your... Don't don't pinch them too hard. And if you've never met that person, it may have been very awkward right then. I saw two guys over here that are like, I'm not pinching you. There's treasure. Buried treasure in your dirt. And God begins to breathe. But there are those God moments in your journey. I love being around. I've been raised in church my whole life. Matter of fact, I was born in the hospital, and we didn't go home. We went to church, I think. We went to revivals. That's back when they had revivals, Pastor Tom, like every night. You know, something was going on every night. I I don't know how many times that I was put in a car when I was a kid, you know, just taken home. I'd fallen asleep at church. And one time my parents left me at church. I'm telling you, my mom thought my dad had me. My dad thought my mom had me. They got home and Tony was nowhere to be found. I was sleeping under a church bench. Years of counseling, I've gotten through that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But there's those moments in your life. And I grew up, and I'm praying that we revisit some of those things that, I don't want to go back to everything that, I experienced when I was a kid because there were a lot of legalistic things that we were bound in that I don't believe had any part of God's grace with the journey of church. But I do remember a faith my grandparents possessed. I do remember something about the tenacity of people praying with people in an altar till breakthrough came. I, I do remember us tearing till God breathed until God just overwhelmed us. Now, there's some things I've waved goodbye to, but there are some things I believe that we need to hold to where the breath of God just begins to penetrate us and begins to speak over us. Because just as he did with Adam and Eve, Pastor Tom shared with me that that word ruach is the word used where God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. They walked with the breath of God. Wasn't so much a time of the day, but they walked in the moments of God's breath. When God began to breathe, they would walk. When God would begin to breathe, they would begin to move. God gave them dominion. He said, this is your place. This is your time. Matter of fact, he even told them everything in the earth they were to name. It was theirs. And as long as you are moving with his breath, As long as you are moving as he breathes, he gives you dominion. He gives you dominion in your house. He gives you dominion in your journey. I told you three things that I believe he was giving us in this 21 days. Three things. It was a season of elevation. He was promoting you. It was a season of possession where not only were you going to possess what you have never had, but for some of you, you're going to repossess things you've lost. Some of the things that you have let go. Some of the things that you've just decided will never be. But then he was going to establish you and give you dominion. You're going to reign 
and you're going to walk in authority and you're going to move with the breath of God and as God blows and God breathes you're going to move with that breath and as God speaks you're just going to be in cadence with what he's doing and be in step how he's moving and it's going to take you into those places who would have ever thought Peter because it chronicles over and over the defeat of his mouth denied that he knew Jesus his actions got all the disciples to get on a boat and try to retreat to where they started but after the wind began to blow the Bible says you Peter are going to be the mouthpiece of a New Testament church the thing you could do nothing with I'm going to use your testimony in Jerusalem in Judea and in Samaria and around the world I'm going to establish in you a testimony and use your life as a living stone and a living testimony of what I can do in the earth friend I don't believe that we are waiting on the wind I believe the wind is here I believe God is breathing and we are experiencing the moving of his presence but there's some of you you're living in that box the wind wasn't for the box they were waiting it was for what was outside the box I'm going to say that again the wind was not for what was in the box it was for the assignment outside the box he said you're going to go and I'm going to disperse you John I need you to be strong to have a revelation for my church Peter I need you to be the mouthpiece on the day we break out of the box I need you to fulfill your assignment in the earth because I'm about to release my spirit in the earth and for some of you if you can just get to Sunday everything will be alright because that's the season you're living in but I find the breath of God it in enables me to leave here on Sunday and wake up on Monday and know that I am victorious it allows me to rise up on Tuesday on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Saturday and I just come back in to celebrate the goodness of the Lord and what he's done in my life